The following thoughts, opinions, stories, and expressions are meant for those who will appreciate them. If you don't, we hope you keep an open soul to encounter another here on 34 Questions. Peace. In three, two, one. What's going on, folks? Welcome to 34 Questions. I'm your host, 34. And tonight, I have a very special guest. Derek McDuff is in the building, the host of the Underrated Podcast, um, which I'm sure he'll tell us more about. How are you doing tonight, Mr. McDuff? I'm doing well. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here and answer some questions. For sure, man. And I, like I said before, I want to thank you again for just making time uh, to have this conversation with me, being open to share your story. I know it's not easy for everyone. So thank you again. Yeah, yeah. It's my pleasure. You know, I'm, I love talking about myself. I'm kind of, so <laughs> I don't mind. Hey, I feel like a lot of podcasters feel the same way, uh, including <laughs> yeah. including myself. Uh, but yeah, I, I hear you, man. I hear you. <laughs> For the folks out there who are unfamiliar with the flow of the show, we do some warm up questions just to set the tone. After that, we'll jump into a couple icebreakers. Uh, after the icebreakers, we'll turn to the Wheel of Fate, where we'll spin the wheel, whichever number it lands on. That's where the show will kind of flow. And then after all that, we'll finish off with some closed out questions. Sound good to you, Derek? Yeah, works for me. All right, man. Well, without further ado, my first, my very first question for you is, how have you been? You've been doing great. You've been doing well. How you been lately, man? I've been doing pretty well. You know, I would say uh, things are going well. You know, I'm, I just uh, last night got to see Neil Gaiman talk, do a speech in a, or a talk, whatever you want to call it, down in L.A. So that was pretty cool you know he's one of my my idols so it was really cool to see him uh i am a little amped right now because i just finally watched the mid-season finale i guess whatever you'd call it a better call saul and i'll, I'll just say that there was a, a very intense finale so i'm just kind of my adrenaline is pumping i finished it 15 minutes ago and i was like oh okay time to record i so, got you I'm doing good. Uh, a couple questions for you coming from that answer mm. uh, first off better call saul man i I have not watched actually i think i watched the first episode of this season maybe didn't go all the way through because i was waiting for all the episodes to come out i'm a binger so i'll binge on it mm -hmm. um but yeah i mean i feel like better call soul definitely has a lot of intense moments uh <laughs> the, the first one that comes to mind was uh, spoiler alert for anyone who's never seen it before uh chuck his brother right his brother's name's chuck mm -hmm. uh when the whole he went to the photocopy uh place you know to find out that uh saul was <clears throat> was doing some uh grimy stuff with his with some documents i remember that thinking that was going to be that was super intense so you're telling me this mid-season finale was more intense than that <laughs> yeah yeah i would say so i would say oh, so <laughs> all right <laughs> i'm looking forward to sorry, it hold, sorry so, hold on it happens to me all the time man it happens to me all the time it's all good. It's all good. Uh, and then you mentioned Neil Gaiman, like going to a speech. Uh, I feel like I've heard that name before, but I, I don't know who he is. Can you tell me a little more? Yeah, so he's um, a British uh, novelist uh, or author, just kind of just writer in general. Um, he's written some stuff like uh, Coraline, American Gods, uh, and Sorry Boys, um, Stardust. Um, you know, a lot of those were obviously adapted into movies or tv shows what have you um he's really just a great writer um he read a bunch of his short stories and answered some questions and stuff uh i i really he one of my favorite books of his it's a pretty short book but it's called um the ocean at the end of the lane 
Um, so I really, really dig that. But I, I kind of came to him first from some of his movies or the movies adapted from his books. And then I started getting into his books because, um, you know, I'm a writer as well. So uh, and his style is very much right up my alley. So I, I dug getting to hear him talk and kind of give some advice and just tell some stories about Terry Pratchett and all these guys. Uh, so it was cool. That's what's up. Yeah, uh, now that you mentioned some of his work, I, I am familiar with Coraline. Uh, I think that was probably the biggest uh, animation movie from him. Uh, and also American Gods. I I've, I've definitely watched a few episodes of that. And that series was intense as well. Um, so yeah, yeah. I'm, I'll definitely check out... I'll make some time to check out the books eventually. Yeah. Uh, you, Everyone out there can hold that against me if I don't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, he's, and Sandman. I should mention Sandman. That's his big graphic novel that he did. And they're making a Netflix show that is apparently going to be really good. Um, so I'm excited for that. For sure. For sure. Sandman. I'm, I'm probably going to end up Wikipedia in that after this just so I can get the plot synopsis. But <laughs> I, I'm, I dig it. I dig it. Uh, my second question for you in the warm-up is what would you like the audience to know about you so yeah if you know like you mentioned at the top i i co-host my own podcast uh with a couple friends it's a movie podcast called underrated where we talk about movies that are kind of you know underrated and need more love and they might be like kind of indie darlings or just stuff that like came out and got really bad reviews or just you know Things that maybe need be, need to be reappraised, like Speed Racer is one of my favorite ever movies, and that was our first episode. Um, speaking of Neil Gaiman and Stardust, that's an episode we have coming up. It's gonna be that's gonna be our hundredth episode. We're at about like eighty something right now, so we've got that one planned. So uh, it's it's really fun. It's fun stuff, you know. So uh, I love movies, uh, and I love when you know people get to talk about their favorite movies that maybe somebody might not like. And I'm always looking for suggestions too. I feel you, man. I feel you. I'll tell you right now. Lately, I've been on the Tom Han- Tom Hanks hype, so I've, mm. I've been going through. I think I I was in the airport recently, and I guess I was just there, so I checked out Terminal, which I've never watched before, uh, yeah. but definitely appreciated his performance there. Um, and then Castaway, I still haven't seen, but that's next on my list, just because a yeah. lot of people recommend that one to me. <laughs> That's an all-time great. I was actually guessing on another podcast recently, and uh, he asked me if I wanted to talk about casting. I was like, oh, absolutely. That is one of the all-time <laughs> just great. Like, it's, it's pretty much just him. Like, I mean, Helen Hunt's in it, too, but it's him and vo- volleyball for most of the movie. You know, it, it's such a good performance. Do you uh, act as well, or you you just stick uh, yeah, to writing? Yeah, a little... I, I actually was a theater major for a minute, and in you know a previous life, I was, like, thinking about trying to be an actor... Um, I don't really do it so much anymore. Uh, sometimes I'll be in like my friend's student films and stuff. And I, I did a lot of theater back in the day. Um, but, you know, it's it's something it's fun, you know, but I ended up was like, all right, I think I'm going to be more of a writer than an actor. But I still like to do it, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fun to play pretend. Right. Like uh, that's <laughs> exactly. that, that's the appeal to me as well. It's acting isn't so much something in my past life, maybe something in my future life. The more hey, I think about it, the more I want to like dip my toes into it. I don't know though i took an acting class once in in college and i just could not get out of my head you know like i'm sure yeah, that's something tough. they they always say that in acting classes like you know you gotta live in the moment be in the moment um and for some reason like i could read the script and then but still be super conscious about how everyone's watching and, and all that stuff so yeah i guess you know things we got to work on sometimes yeah 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 uh follow up to that is what is the biggest misconception about you something that you feel like on first impression levels you kind of have to correct 
the second conversation because they're like oh i always i thought you were like this and then you had to be like oh, wait, i don't know how you got that from me but yeah what's the <laughs> co- common misconception about you it might be you know this is kind of with me being like a movie buff is that i am maybe like kind of snobby about movies or just kind of films and that i because i might be like oh have you you know you hit like you got to watch this movie like by Wong Kar Wai or, you know, check this movie out from the seventies, you know, or like one of my favorite movies is brief encounter from 1945 or like all this, like, you know, deep cuts or whatever, or not even deep cuts, but like kind of like things that are seem like, you know, film buff kind of things. But I, I, I love all kinds of movies, you know, like a movie, one of my favorite movies of the year so far was Michael Bay's ambulance. And that's just a movie about like smash them up ambulance driving and just, and it was but it was such a great action floor there's one of the most intense action scenes where they have to do surgery on this guy and you see the spleen and it's like gritty and intense so if i don't if a movie is good a movie is good i don't care who makes it or like what the genre is i'll watch like like when we were in lockdown i watched like just a bunch of rom-coms in a row um so i'm not a snob at all about movies even though because i have like all these deep cuts of knowledge and i'm just like oh yeah you gotta check this movie out it's you know it really you know you can see the effects of it and how the coen brothers like learned this thing and like you know i love love film history and all that stuff but i have just so much of an appreciation for for all movies you know for sure for sure i'm gonna ask you to be a snob real quick and (laughs) you can tell me uh what is an overrated movie in your opinion um, okay, people are gonna be mad at me, but I cannot stand Gravity. I I despise that movie. I I just think I'm I'm not a huge fan of Osvaldo Coran in general. Um, like Children of Men is obviously a great movie, but um, you know it's it's just kind of very one note. I I think it's just the plot is just very very like beyond simplistic. Um, I don't know. It, it just kind of it just kind of bugged me uh, that movie, and it's just a very I don't know. It, it's 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 too simple, but not in an entertaining or fun way. I don't know. I don't. I got you. Grab gravity. All right. <laughs> on the on the uh, blacklist. <laughs> but, <laughs> People are gonna come for me now. The knives are out. I'm sure. <laughs> Which is you know I guess uh, any publicity is good publicity, right? <laughs> Uh, third question for you in the warm-up is if I were to do something in your honor a way to express the energy you possess what could I do you know I would say have a movie marathon you know how like get some movies that you really want to watch or ones that you've been like you know what I've been meaning to watch whatever this is for years like you know like castaway or you know it might be like a Tom Hanks marathon for you and just like go through and just be like all right I'm just gonna watch all these movies and experience cinema and like catch up fill in my gaps because everybody has cinema gaps i have a ton you know i only saw citizen kane very recently which is you know kind of sacrilegious it's supposed to be the greatest film of all time um so just fill in some of those those uh, holes i would say i got you yeah citizen kane is another one that i haven't seen you know it's funny like one misconception about me i think growing up was that um, I'm really into media and it's, I guess people don't think this of me this is what I thought of myself I used to think that I was 
oh yeah i know a lot of pop culture i know a lot of movies and tv shows um then i realized i actually watched a lot more tv shows than i did movies growing up and i feel like the movies that i did watch i just always saw on repeat and i don't know if that's a kid's thing you know like i'm sure people with kids out there they end up watching the same movie over and over again um but yeah so that like citizen kane yeah like you said another classic that i just haven't gotten myself uh to watch yet but yeah well it's it's funny because it just reminds me of there's i can break it's called it's called like the experts paradox or something and it's like i think i'm right there where it's like you you realize how much you don't know when you start to get sort of good at something and like people like maybe five years ago i probably thought like oh my gosh i know like all the movies and now i'm just like oh my there's so much i need to see there's so much more i need to learn whereas like it's like i know more than the average person but then there's still so many people who know film so much better than i do and i'm like i'm always trying to like do anything i can to like get more knowledge you know for sure for sure uh if i'm ever on a trivia night i'm gonna have to tap in with you uh, if there's a movie <laughs> question that comes up uh, for sure man <laughs> My, my last question for you in the warm-up is on a scale from one to ten how well do you know yourself i would say probably like like a seven seven and a half maybe something like that you know but i feel like it's hard to know yourself you know it's hard to really be objective and to know yourself um but i do try to like spend a lot of time like trying to think about you know oh i mean who doesn't lay awake at night just thinking like oh man i could have done this completely differently um so we i think we all do that a little bit and so I do try to be very self-aware as much as possible, but I just don't know how self-aware anyone can really be. You know, you can't be objective about yourself um, totally. You got to kind of rely, I think, on, you know, people you trust's opinions, um, but not maybe too much. So it's hard. It's really hard. That's why I got to say a seven. I got you. I got you. I mean, seven is the sweet spot, I would say, for a lot of folks. And you're right. Like, uh, you know, people always turn this question on me a lot. And for me, it's always been a five i stay at a five most of most part of my life um just because you know i feel like there's equal parts of knowing yourself and equal parts of not knowing yourself and you just continue to like go through that throughout life um but yeah it it is interesting that we can't be objective like as much as i i can be objective about everything else in front of me uh looking within just seems so hard like you can't forget or you can't let go of certain things that happen in your life right so it's always jaded or gives you a certain perspective on yourself um yeah i mean for would you have any insight on maybe how one can be more objective with themselves oh man uh i think maybe you just just kind of gotta you know do what you can to think about um you know what you've done both positive and negative and what that means and if you know if you've done something good like you can reflect on that and be like okay this is good i can keep living my life this way if you make a mistake know that about yourself and then maybe try and work on yourself um but that's hard because you also don't want to overthink anything too maybe you know what my advice is go to therapy that's probably my best advice if you really want to know yourself talk to talk to a professional that's that's the best you can probably do that was a great answer because <laughs> i wasn't sure you know if anyone could have an answer to it but talking to an objective person about you you and your life might might do the trick so yeah. yeah find a good one find find a therapist that you you know you can trust and that you know somebody who you know will be able to give you some relatively 
um, objective truths and someone who has studied in that field. Uh, and you know, yeah, that would probably help. I probably should go to therapy. I mean, I, everyone should, I'm not saying like, Oh, you know, it's, but it, there's such a stigma to it, I think. Um, and it's just, you know, one of those things, especially with men where it's like, Oh, well it's, there's, you know, you don't want to do that. And just everybody should get out and do it, you know, and I should practice what I preach more, but. So you, you've never tried therapy, never had like no. a session before. No, I, I mean, it's one of those things where it's always been like, ah, I really, I really should do this. And it's just, you know, one of the things it's like going to the doctors, you just, unless there's something wrong, you never think to do it, but you should go get a physical every year. Um, and it's just, you know, probably because of that same, that toxic masculinity stigma about like, oh, you don't need to do that. That's just for people who are having problems. If you're fine, you, you'll be fine. You don't need to go to it, but you really should, you know, and I, I should, but, um, you know, no, just, I got you know. You. <laughs> yeah right right you have same to be reason the... i didn't see the <laughs> i was gonna say same reason i didn't see citizen kane for so long it's just it's hard to get out and do these things you know you need to do sometimes right place right time too right like yeah, maybe yeah. it's not the right time for you just yet uh you, and it's funny you mentioned the stigma because i think i struggle with that more as an adult than i did as a kid i was mm-hmm. more i was exposed to counseling and therapy at when i was younger in middle school ish um, something happened where they were like, we need to put you in therapy. So I, I did it. Um, and I really did enjoy it from middle school up until college. Um, by the time I went to college, I remember trying to find the resources, but it wasn't the same as in high school and middle school where they're like, oh, we'll set you up. We'll get you in and you're fine. In college, there was more of like, do you really need it? Uh, mm, kind of question. Yeah. Cause I guess, you know, resources are a little tight too. Um, but yeah, I mean, for anyone out there who is thinking about it or has done it and didn't enjoy it, uh, I guess my thing is that I've learned that you got to find the right person. You got to find the right therapist, somebody that you have some kind of chemistry with. Because this is not a knock on BetterHelp either, but I've tried BetterHelp recently, especially during pandemic and quarantine. Um, and I I remember like going to through a couple therapists and it never really felt like you know it was uh we had a genuine connection you know i don't know if it was because we were over the phone and it was through like you know like this uh a video chat but it uh, i know i don't know i in my mind i like to be optimistic and think that they were trying their best but it also kind of felt like that it was half-assed i'll I'll be honest it was like you know is for them they probably meet with five six seven people every day for an hour on the phone right so they probably get tired and stuff so yeah my mm-hmm. point being find the right person for therapy and i think it'll, it'll work wonders uh but yeah man yeah yeah absolutely so we're gonna move on to the icebreakers at this point uh this first segment is gonna be a true or false agree or disagree type thing uh, i'm gonna give you a statement and then you let me know your thoughts on it so this first one is people are ultimately good true or false so i think that's that's false but i don't think people are ultimately bad either i think people are just people you know i think that we just kind of just got to make our own way in the world and make these decisions if we want to be good i don't think we're innately born one way or the other i think you know it is probably part nature part nurture but you you gotta you know you gotta be responsible and you know, go out in the world and some people make bad decisions and some people make good decisions. I got you. I got you. Um, for you, like, if, if you were, so any person that you look at, you, you can basically be like, there's no judgment. You're bad and you're good, right? 
Is, is that how you kind of perceive it? Oh, I think, yeah, everybody's got some bad and good in them. Absolutely, for sure. And it's just trying to do your best with it and trying to bring out the good qualities and, you know, maybe like not try to, you know, succumb to the, the bad qualities as much. And some people are a little more selfish and, you know, a little more bad. And some people, you know, are a little more like Tom Hanks and are a little more good. <laughs> Um, well, I'm going to challenge you at this point and feel free if it, to skip and pass if you don't want to talk about it. But for yourself, how are you good and how are you bad? Oh, man. I, OK, so I do think I am kind of a selfish person, to be honest. I do think that is something that I, I struggle with where I try to, you know, like, all right, you know, because I, I, you know, I, I maybe I'm like, OK, I should probably tip a little better. You know, I should probably be a little more, you know like uh open with like you know helping people out and stuff like that um like when it comes to i don't know something monetary or um you know anything like that um but as far as something good i do think i am um very empathetic i am very able to kind of see people and while and maybe listen to people really well and talk to people and try to be there for people um when I can, you know, using my words and stuff like that, because that's that's always been something that I think I have been good at is, uh, uh, you know, I have the best words. Uh, no, I'm just going uh, <laughs> to I, I do think that I am I'm a really good friend, uh, you know, and I was just talking with somebody yesterday, like I've been in like six or seven wedding parties. And I think there's a reason, you know, people people want to have me around and, and be a friend. And I think I'm I'm a good shoulder to lean on when people uh, are going through tough times. But I think, uh, you know, when it's just all hunky-dory, I might be like, okay, well, you're fine. You don't need me to do anything and just be a little bit selfish. So I think that's probably it. I gotcha. I gotcha. You, you talked about your empathy. Uh, do you think that's something you kind of were born with or you kind of had to grow into? Right. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's another good question. It's another kind of nature versus nurture. And I think it's both probably, you know. I do think, you know, I was, very, I was really raised to kind of be... A person who you know by my parents to like to help people out and see see the good in people and you know uh but and help out people but i've all through my experiences you know like had friends who i've seen go through stuff and that has definitely helped on my empathy things that i've gone through and maybe seen like okay but i i also do think that yeah i was probably born with a little bit of it too you know um i mean I don't know how, how much this is real, but like, I feel like animals very, like whenever I meet a new animal, they're always like very nice to me. They always come over like, oh, people, this guy never likes anybody. So I think, you know, it's, it's probably both, you know, I, so I've, I've had that good, uh, I have been lucky um, in both those regards, I think, and have a really good combination that has led me to have some pretty good empathy for people, I think. For sure. And yeah, I, I totally get the thing about animals, man. Animals and babies. If a baby yeah, can just yeah. come to you and feel comfortable with you, I don't know. It's, it's just a good sign, right? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Like a lot of my friends, you know, I'm now getting the age where my friends are starting to have kids and stuff like that. And, you know, I get to go be Uncle Derek and stuff and, and the kids all love me and stuff. So I'm like, all right, this is a good sign. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, uh, and I wonder, like, if there's a study or some kind of research that's done on that. You know, as far as mm, like yeah. just the energy that we bring and how someone who doesn't know us or an animal who doesn't know us just seems to pick up on. Maybe it's a scent that we give out. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I'm, al I'm always bummed out when a baby starts crying when I try to hold them. I'm like, <laughs> I didn't mean any harm. Like, 
just try to you know make you feel safe but uh yeah 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 i feel you uh second statement for you is mm. overthinking is a bad thing true or false you know it can be for sure it's it's definitely it's definitely led me down some uh you know some some like i probably have you know like i said you know you'll sit in bed at night and overthink like every mistake you've made and i think that can be um kind of toxic um so thinking i think is a good thing but overthinking is is a bad thing so i would agree with that true for sure for sure yeah man <clears throat> i don't know if you still do it i don't think i'm the only one who does it but i still got mistakes that i made in 12 when i was 12 years old that pop up every once in a while and I'm just like, I have to let that shit go. It's been, <laughs> it's been 20 years. I like, what, what am I gonna do with this feeling and this emotion right now? <laughs> yeah, and, no, for sure, dude. I, I hear you on that one. All right, man. Um, I think we got time for one more true or false. And okay. this one is, if I don't know if you're a fan of Star Wars, but it's a Yoda <laughs> line. Yep. Uh, yep. There's no try, just do. True or false? Yeah, I think that's that's false. You know, I think Yoda. I'm sorry, I don't. I think Yoda was full of it there. Uh, <laughs> Tell me why. Tell me why. Because I think you know there is there's a lot of you know worth in failure. You know, like you you you. It's saying you if you try, there's no try. That means there's no like okay. If you either, you didn't do it, then there was no try. If you didn't do something and you failed, then that is still worth doing. Like there's still a lot of effort you can try you can try again you know like it's like you know thomas edison said he didn't fail all these times to build a light bulb 100 whatever times he just found a bunch of ways not to make light bulbs so you just <laughs> and you know you learn so much from failure too and it makes you i think a more a better more empathetic person going through struggles and failures and stuff so yeah i i really i can't agree with the little green guy there i gotcha i gotcha uh, I have a follow-up that I feel like would be relatable to me. So I'll ask you, but with your podcast, at what point did you feel like you stopped, it was stop trying and it, you were actually doing it? Uh, did, did you ever feel like there was a, a tipping point for you or like a, a hump to get over? You know, it's been, it's been really gradual because like I, because we came into it with me and my friends with just kind of like, not knowing what we were doing, very little experience with podcasting or um, on audio or anything. Like I've edited every episode and like I listened to some of those early episodes and we're just talking over each other and the audio is awful. And it's it never like, oh, there's never a point where it's like, oh, click. Now these are the good episodes, but you can just kind of like listen and slowly it gets better and better and better. And now we're at the point where I think I'm really happy with the way everything sounds. I think we have a really good repertoire. I think we've been having some really cool guests on. I've been reaching out to some people. I'm getting the social media down. And in a year, I'll probably look back at where I'm at now and be like, oh man, we should have done this and this and this. So it has been a very, there's not a one point. It's just kind of a steady, steady decline into getting happier and happier with it. I got you. I got you. I think it's the same for me. Um, I definitely reached a point where I think, I don't know, maybe for me, it was like the numbers, like, oh, I finally did this X amount of episodes, you know, I'm no longer mm -hmm. trying. Uh, and I mean, I've had a lot of folks be encouraging and telling me like, oh yeah, you know, to everyone else you're doing it. But then to me, it just feels like, you know, I was, I was still trying, you feel me? Uh, <laughs> but yeah. That. Um, yeah. 
All right, we're gonna move on to the word association icebreaker, which is basically I'm gonna throw throw out a word to you, and you give me your first word or thought that comes to mind after each word, and you'll have 34 seconds to do as many as you can. The record is 10 so far, so let me pull up the the timer, and your first word is going to be present. Past. Passion. Love. Brilliant. Smart. Funny. Hilarious. Money. Bad. God. Maybe. Friends. A lot. Success. Failure. Hope. Dreams. Life. Death. People. Got you. <laughs> you right Did there I at the it? buzzer. You, you got eleven. You got eleven. You set the, n- <laughs> yes. the new bar. <laughs> uh, I did want to pick out a couple things you said there, which mm. was one money bad. Why bad? See, I was like, I was even kind of shocked that I said that myself. But I think it's just because <laughs> of like, I would love more money. That would be good. But I think that uh, it's the old thing about like money corrupting people and just you know all the, the billionaires in the world and. How uh, a lot of people with a lot of money are kind of making the world a worse place, I feel like. You know, uh, no offense to all the Elon Musk fans out there, but like <laughs> all those guys, all the Jeff Bezos and the Elon Musks who just want to get as much money as they can and just send people into space. And, you know, I don't know. It just, I think it's, it's a really corrupting thing. Um, money, money can really bring out the worst in people, and, and you do really need it. And it is. You know, obviously, I would love to have some more money and I would love for a lot of people uh, to, you know, not have to worry about money. Um, so, you know, it can it can be a struggle. No, I got you, man. I uh, I'm definitely on that side of money. I, I hate to see it. I, I've been talking shit about money my whole life. And I think money yeah. has hurt, hurt me a lot, a lot of the time. That's yeah. why it stays away from me. But um, yeah, <laughs> I, I I guess I'm trying, trying to figure out that balance of like not needing it as much as it's, well, you know, the things that it brings, right? Like I know anytime I've ever had money, I always spent it, you know, whether good or bad. And it sucks to, to just think about that. And, you know, that's, I guess, one of the regrets or choices that I seem to overthink about all the time. It's like, damn, you know, I had a chance I, to do something different. And, and yeah, I continue to do the same thing. Um, so, yeah, that's why I just wanted to ask you more about why you said bad for money, because super relatable yeah. to me. Uh, and, the, and like I said before, I think it brings out some negative qualities in myself, you know, worrying about money and just like all the, the minutia of that. And just it can make me kind of it's like stingy and stuff. And I don't like that about myself. So, yeah, man, I hear you. And I mean, I, I know for me, like I try to stay focused on goals, but then it does make me feel cheap or you know i guess cheap is not the right word but dingy um and like I, i'm not able to spend time with people around me because they want to do something that costs money and i'm like mm-hmm. oh i'm sorry I, I can't go out or i can't spend my money and i don't know i feel like i'm missing out sometimes just because uh i'm trying to get better with money <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah but, uh, yeah I, I get you man uh and then another one you said for people you said people pleaser well why, why did that come for you for you I think probably because I am kind of a people pleaser, you know, I, I try to, you know, I think that's part of the thing that comes along with like the empathy is that I do 
want everybody to be happy, um, you know, and just people around me to just, you know, be, be, you know, in a good mood. And I think I can maybe take that too far sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. so, you know, I got you. I got you. Yeah. I, you know, for me, I am a similar way and, you know, any, I've had 17 jobs in 10 years and like anytime they ask me to interview, like, what do you bring to the table? And I'm always like, well, I just want to bring a good vibe, bring good energy, you know, try to try to be the glue guy, keep people together, make people feel understood. Uh, and people always, I mean, not always told me, but I've, I've heard that people pleasing is a bad thing. Like, you know, you got to stick to your guns. You got to like um, stand up for yourself or whatever. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, though, I try to switch that and take it to the extreme. Like you really think this is a weakness or you really think this is a bad thing and then i'm trying here i am trying to raise my people pleasing to show them that you know it doesn't matter if i don't get anything back you know it's all about other people and i i don't know i'm i'm stubborn like that so i i honestly can't say if that's a good or bad thing for me uh, in my life it seems like it's working out but I, i can definitely see how people mistake my kindness for my weakness you know i don't know if you ever get that where you can kind of be like hold on you know i i can (laughs) i can see when you're trying to take advantage you know like even though as much as i want to make you feel comfortable and and give give you all my energy it's like yeah you got you really got to know it for yourself um i don't know for you do you ever feel that way that you can kind of see it before it happens like someone trying to take advantage yeah definitely and i'd say like more than even take advantage of just like you know get in disagreements or something you know i'll be like well you know i'm i think they might be wrong but like i'll I'll just like you know like be like okay well i want to preserve this relationship so i'll just kind of like eat it you know and and Mm. be like all right well what do i have to do to like make this person happy when it's like no i should really sometimes be worrying about myself and realize that like don't let people take advantage of me and don't let people you know if somebody does something wrong and like you know does something to me i should be like okay maybe i'm allowed to be angry about this i got you i got you be, be kinder to ourselves right that's mm-hmm. hey, we gotta pe- please ourselves sometimes you know yes uh all right man we're gonna move on to the wheel of fate but before we do all that right. if you out there listening are enjoying the content please like subscribe most importantly to me is share uh the the content um i think the likes and the subscriptions helps with the money but the most important thing is for people just to know be aware that this is happening and that there's a lot of stories out there for you guys to listen to um people to get to know pretty much um but yeah please go ahead and do that uh back to the to the wheel gonna pop it open right below you i don't know if you can see it too clearly but don't worry it will look a lot better in the final product um, right. here goes the first spin and as a reminder again if there's any question that's too deep or something you don't want to talk about feel free to pass all right your first number is number two and it is who do you think you are <laughs> <laughs> sounds very accusing who do you think you are yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to give it a, a, a more neutral tone, you know, but yeah, it, it does come from okay. that. <laughs> you know, I, I think that I'm a, a storyteller, I guess, you know, mm. in the most basic thing. I'm somebody who I always think of. The, you ever see the movie Big Fish? No, but okay. uh, tell, tell me about it. Because I, so I basically the, the premise is that it's about this guy uh, played by it's a 
as in his old age he's played by Albert Finney in his young age he's played by Ewan McGregor you can see him in flashbacks and his, he's this storyteller he's always telling these kind of you know big fish tales you know these wise tales mm. um, wives tales and uh, he's and his son is played by Billy Crudup um, and the son is a writer and stuff like that and that's always kind of reminded me about me and my dad and my dad is he tells these ridiculous stories from his youth and he's like oh well this happened you know and then he's like well let me tell you about back in the day you know there was a monkey man running around and then <laughs> I'll be like uh, and then you know I'm like okay you know there's a line in that where he, his, the dad is is uh, in Big Fish is like we're storytellers both of us I speak mine out you write yours down and that's I felt like you know that's maybe where I got a lot of my storytelling is from my my dad's ridiculous big t- uh, big fish tale you know a lot like that movie so i think that's that's who i am at my core is like i will tell stories whether it be you know me talking about movies and or me just telling somebody about my life like we've been doing here or writing something fictional um i love telling stories so when you write do you write uh novels or do you write scripts what's your yeah so i i I write um some novels i've finished a novella um i work i've written a bunch of short stories nothing published yet um poetry um but yeah i haven't written a screenplay or anything um maybe one day i i mean that's not really i don't really love to read screenplays although i do mm. try to sometimes just because of like my podcast and stuff um but it's not really kind of like the flow that i love you know i love just kind of like telling a story and may, whether it be long or short or whatever it might be could you ever see yourself uh, di- direct something just because, you know, you can take in a story and you have this vision for it and then, you know, uh, like you put it out there, or bring it all together using all the moving parts? Maybe I could see. I think I think I'm not a good enough technical director. Like I'm, I'm good with like story and metaphor and, you know, all that stuff. But when it comes to directing, I feel like I would be, and this isn't a knock on him, but I feel like I'd probably be like in the same camp as Kevin Smith, who mm. like famously is, he's written some amazing scripts, but you know, unless he, maybe if I work with like a great cinematographer, like he's worked with a really good cinematographer a couple of times, but a lot of his movies are just kind of like flat, not that interesting. Like I know for, he got some beef with Bruce Willis because Kevin Smith just didn't know the difference between different cameras and stuff like that. And I don't either. Like my, my, that the technical side is where I'm most lacking in film knowledge. You know, I need to get like, you know, like a Roger Deakins or something to make my pic- my movies look decent. Um, so probably would be more of a screenwriter if I was getting into the movies than a director. I got you. I got you. Uh, and what is it about storytelling that just seems to like bring that out of you as far as like the passion? You know, I think, you know, as humans, we all like all love stories and we all connect to them and there's something in us that you know it's how we like learn and grow and we can like tell someone that they can be riveted or they can be you know frightened or whatever it might be and I had so much of that last night it really sparked a lot of my um you know storytelling drive last night when i was listening to gaiman um and i think that it really is something so universal and getting another person to laugh or have some kind of reaction is such a cool feeling mm, i hear you i hear you and uh, uh off the top of your head i know there's there's probably a lot of them but is there any like specific quote from a movie that kind of just pops in your head when i ask for it <laughs> oh just any, just any quote related yeah. to anything all right um 
Oh man, there's, there's, I'm like trying to think of like, I'm not, try, I'm trying to think of like filter out the AFI ones because there's, <laughs> um, uh, you know, um, I mean, just a good quote is, hello, my name is Inigo Montoya. You, you kill my father, prepare to die. You know, like <laughs> William Goldman wrote that. He's the goat in my opinion of screenwriters. It's just a good line. He's, he's polite. He introduces himself and then he tells you what he wants and then it's going to happen. So, uh, yeah. Is that a uh, Princess Bride or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, got you, got you. Um, no, I, I feel you. I feel you. Sometimes it could be something that simple or like give you different tones that just stick out. Uh, I, I am fond of a lot of movies that kind of start off with a quote. You know, like mm-hmm. before the movie starts, it's just like here's something to think about as the the scene begins. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen. Well, this is actually not a film, but a documentary. And it it just ties into my podcast a little bit, but it, the quote I think was Carl Jung, the the uh, philosopher, and he was like, "If you don't know who you are, the world will tell you who you are," uh, and that's something that kind of sticks stuck to me and continues mm-hmm. to stick with me. But just want to share one with you as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. All right, what, what doc is that from? Uh, I th- it, I th- it was a documentary about personality tests. And how like okay. you know we shouldn't put too much weight on on these things that people theorize and come up with and try to guide mm-hmm. who we are personality wise. Um, and I mean I, I don't know if it's something that you we grow like through maturity we get over. But I remember being as a kid. Oh yeah, let me take an IQ test or let me take mm-hmm. this personality test. Like tell me who I am. I guess as a kid, right? And then growing up now, I definitely you know people will say. I don't know if you're familiar with the Myers-Briggs test. Which, yeah, yeah. Yeah, everyone. ENF, I was a ENFP when I took the test. But also, right, like you you want, you try to be objective about yourself. Uh, and I don't think I was. I'm totally not an extrovert or not the extrovert that I thought I was. Um, so that's something I had to yeah, learn. I think, <laughs> yeah, I think I might have been an ENFP too. But I think I was like right there where it was like, because, you know, it tells you the percentages and I was like real close between the E and the I. Like, I think I'm honestly more of like, I've heard it described as an ambivert, but mm. I am very like, hey, you know, obviously I'm very like outgoing and stuff like that, but I also need to have my alone time and recharge and stuff. So, yeah. 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 And, you know, like the thing is for me, as far as being extroverted, introverted, like I, I enjoy doing these podcasts. I created a platform for me to talk to people. For me, automatically, that makes me think that I'm an extrovert. Um, then I had one guest come on here, and he basically asked me, "So, when you're th- when you're with people, do you feel like you're giving energy or you're taking energy?" Um, and then I think my my thing was that I I felt like I was giving my energy out, and that's the difference between introvert and extroverts. Like, an extrovert will feel like they're getting more energy being around people, and introverts feel like they're giving energy out. And that kind of solidified it in my head, you know, something I could understand and and really chew on. So that's where I ended up. Now, now I feel like I'm team introvert. <laughs> uh, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all those personality tests are so interesting because there's, you know, there, people will like kind of like try to categorize people and they're like, okay, there's these boxes. You're like, this Meyer Briggs says this about you or, or like, oh, you're a Ravenclaw. It says this about you or like, oh, like you're you're a leo son so that means like it could be anything you know people try to like be like okay you're this way because of this and this and this and people are so much more complex than that i think you know i mean they're 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 they get at some things but 
I think that people are so much less granular than that, you know? For sure, for sure. And, you know, the same thing like with horoscopes, right? I think mm-hmm. is, is something that's huge and popular. Um, but I know in my mind when I read, like people will tend to read what feels like is for them. Like yeah, if yeah. I am, I'm a Taurus and I haven't really read what Capricorns are or, you know, Gemini's and whatnot. But I know if I read that stuff, I'm going to feel the same way. Like, oh, I'm like that sometimes, you know, I'm not mm-hmm. like it all the yeah. time. But yeah, I feel like every kind of box that these personality tests um, kind of put us in, that's who we are. Like that's the human experience in, in different yeah. parts of our lives. Uh, and I don't know. I, I I don't think it's as dangerous as this documentary like was trying to make it, but I definitely think it's not as much as like, you know, people create their identities off that stuff. Or I see yeah, it in profiles yeah. a lot, like, oh I am INFP or all that stuff. So you know yeah, I, yeah. I hope people can be continue to be open even after you know feeling secure in, in that um identification i guess uh yeah, yeah. but yeah gonna turn back to the wheel give it another spin right. we have number 12 this one's a little heavy um okay, but right. this one is when was the last time you cried and why that's a good question. I was, it was probably during a movie, to be honest. Um, because, <laughs> I hear that. <laughs> you know, like um, movies, like I can't remember who said it, but there's this quote that it's like mo- movies are empathy machines. Um, mm. And I think that's absolutely true. You know, you that's why it kind of goes back to what I was saying about storytelling and how it evokes all these emotions in people and stuff. And, you know, like when you're watching a movie, it can be something where it is uh, uh, like you're just feeling for the characters you're watching a character that hasn't really gone through something that you've gone through. I, I, I mean, I can't tell you what movie it is, but I'm sure it was some kind of movie. And it might be like, okay, this character is going through something real, real right now. And I don't, I can't personally relate to, you know, like, like a good example would be, uh, you know, like, like there was all that controversy that came out with um, um, turning red. And there was a guy who was like, oh, I can't relate to this. So it's like, well, okay, well, I've never been like a 12 year old, uh, like Asian, um, Asian Canadian, but like I could still relate to like a lot of the cores of this, um, or you know. But sometimes you are; it is very relatable. Like y'all, wow, this is me. Like this is exactly like the way, what uh, you know, La La. I think it was probably La La Land. Um, yeah, that because it was La La Land. Because I remember I was watching it with my mom, and I was like trying really hard not to. And I think like maybe a single tear got uh, escaped because I was like, I'm not gonna cry right here in front of my mom, a 30 year old man. But uh, <laughs> I, but I was like, oh man, I've been through some, I've been through some breakups, you know. So you know, you you feel something when when you watch a movie like that, and when the cinematic language is so strong and intense, and it can elicit those feelings, you know. That's one of the things, like I said, laughter or or crying or you know, fright, whatever it might be. That's it's so primal. Movies can be sometimes. No, for sure. Uh, I definitely am way more comfortable crying at a movie than anything else <laughs> or like even TV. I don't know if you've seen, do you watch TV? I mean, I know you're oh, a movie yeah. buff, but yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Have you seen the Bel Air um, reboot? No, like I Fresh haven't. Prince Give that a shot. I don't know if uh, okay. Fresh Prince okay. was something up your alley, but this reboot dramatized it like, you know, completely. And, it, you know, there's funny parts, but it's really more um a drama and mm. there's i remember that like in in scenes i don't want to give it away but um 
but there's definitely scenes or like in movies too I, i'm trying to think in a movie the last time i cried i think it was in soul i don't know if you ever watched soul the oh, disney soul picture one. Ooh, soul yeah. Great, yeah it hit me it hit me for sure yeah. and uh i don't i don't know for you for me i always take it like my my girl she always knows if i'm crying even though like i don't want her to see me cry i'll take it like a, a deep breath you know like yeah, oh, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah no. dude uh, okay so the last time i had like a real like intense cry like where it was just like i was wrecked was i read the book thief and that's another one where it's like okay i can't relate to this personally like i have not been a young girl in the going through the holocaust um so I couldn't relate to any of the stuff in it, but it still brought all these emotions in me. Like at the end of that book, I was done. I was I was just so messy. Like I was mm. like snot was coming down my nose and everything. Like that book. Like and I'll tell you, it's it's a book about the Holocaust. You could probably guess. Like a lot of people die at the end of that book. It's intense. It's pretty rough, and it just floored me. You know. And the movie, the movie's fine. Like, but the book. You know, people always like to say the the movie is better, or the book is better than movie, which I don't really always agree with. I think there's plenty of adaptations where the books have been better. Read the book for Jaws; it's awful. Um, <laughs> but like, but like that book is something else. A book thief. Book thief. Yeah, the book thief. All right. <laughs> I don't think I've gotten to a point where I read a book and it, it made me cry. Uh, I used to read Chicken Soup for the Soul though as a kid. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And yeah, there was definitely like little passages in there that would be intense and emotional. Mm-hmm. And it's weird, man, because like I feel like if it's not a positive or uh, aggressive kind of emotion in front of other people, I'm not really comfortable like putting myself out there. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely more reserved and you know stiff upper lip don't don't show that kind of emotion but for movies and tv it it, it puts me at a comfort level where it's all like you know who wouldn't cry at this i'm not the only one crying. <laughs> right like yeah. you would be a monster to watch inside out and be like i don't care i don't care about any of this <laughs> yeah for sure um but i don't know if you've seen what i don't know if you've seen any episodes of 34 questions but there is a guy who had push back on me about all this emotions emotional stuff and maybe that's one you should check out uh his name was i know his first name was jack i just can't remember his, his i name. listened to your last two episodes so i don't okay. know if it was one of those I, I heard it but jack thomas no i think okay. he was he was in that group of like last four or five episodes but okay. um he wasn't the last two but it's all good i just feel like that would be an interesting one for you if because he really yeah. challenged like why i cared about stuff he's like why do you care like we shouldn't care about anything <laughs> and i'm like i don't know man <laughs> very very nihilistic <laughs> it's like the bad guys in the big lebowski <laughs> true true i mean you know i think even bad guys you know they want to be try they want to be understood and the yeah. whole world is telling them that they're wrong you know uh yeah. yeah i think we got time for one more spin um, all right put a shot and just just a heads up it's we got 10 minutes left in the podcast man want to thank you again and i just hope you're having fun oh i'm having a blast great i'm glad i'm glad number 29 right. uh is can you say you've lived a full life up to this point 
Man, that's tough. That's such a like deep existential question, you know, and it, it reminds me a lot of Soul, you know, that movie hit me a lot because it is like, okay, you got to find your purpose and you got to do your thing. And like in Soul, it's like, he's like, okay, well, I got it. It's like about his job and his passion. You know, for me, like I related that a lot being like a writer. It's like, okay, we got to hit it. Like my, I want to have a book published and, you know, get it, get so much circulation. I want to have my, my podcast really take off. And it's like, there is so much more to the life than that. There is, you know, all these moments and you know like it's 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 tough you know i think at this point i have you know i think i have all these relationships that really matter to me i have you know my my family i have my friends um i have you know my passions that i care about my my podcast and my writing and um i've not been overwhelmingly successful but it's been things that i have really enjoyed doing and that i have found some success at um you know it's you know it's there's obviously hopefully a lot more life to come and we'll see what happens with that i always think about like man i'm older than like all these people like janice joplin when she (laughs) died and she achieved all this success but you really can't think in those terms you know so it's it's a tough question but i think so far so good for sure yeah, man i know I, i'm into sports too so every year i get older there's always new younger guys coming in that i feel like are way more accomplished <laughs> and i'm reminded oh my gosh. <laughs> every <Right>? day <laughs> uh but yeah like watching the like the nba uh draft lottery and it's just like this kid is in college it's like yeah he's gonna like and it's like people like i see andrew luck is younger than me and that dude is retired i'm like how is this how is this possible <laughs> no I, I feel you man um Hey, that's that's just different lanes, different paths that we all take. Um, but yeah, I just remember those people were the people I looked up to growing up. Like, oh yeah, and then now I am that guy that they should yeah. be looking up to. <laughs> right? I'm like, well, LeBron and Steph are still older than me, so I'm okay. Yeah, because like, yeah. when they retire, I'm in trouble. Exactly, exactly. When their kids start you, being in the, be right? Like, you think Fuck. you start thinking you're like, oh yeah, like. Like uh, Giannis is just like he's like gotta be. You think in your head like this guy looks like he's like you know ten years older than me. I'm like oh no, he's like seven years younger than me. Yeah, yeah. It's that. That's the reality. Yeah. Uh, all right, man. Well, we made it to the closeout portion of the podcast, but before we do that, I have this exercise for you. It's called the thirty fourth mantra, um, and I will ask you to fill out three phrases: I am, I can. I will. So it's I I am blank, I can blank, I will blank. I'm gonna switch you to another screen where basically you'll be talking to yourself as a reflection. So here we go. Let me know when you're ready. Actually, I don't want you to put you put you in that screen until no, you're yeah, ready. I'm I'm good. I, I looked at it beforehand, I thought about it a lot, so I think I'm good. Alright, here we go. Alright. Go ahead. I am oh am I good? Am I ready you, to go? You're, you are definitely good. Go for it. Alright. Uh, I am a writer. Uh, I will be inspired and I can inspire others. Sweet, sweet. Uh, and if you ever forget, now you got this little sound bite of yourself just to remind you. Uh, thank you, thank you. All right, heading to the closeout questions. This next one is actually from my previous guest. So, uh, shout out to Rayshawn Gadsden. And I know we talked about movies, we talked about tv a little bit uh, but rayshawn it has his own podcast as well uh called the rayshawn gadsen uh rayshawn G- gadsen 
anime podcast and i'm sorry if i butchered that rachel my bad um but his question for you is what anime character do you find yourself intrigued by or maybe can relate to most mm, that's that's good probably uh probably um the full metal alchemist uh as i think you know he's He's someone who is i think he's he's got a lot of like i mentioned a lot of my positive and negative things where he is very empathetic and he cares about people but he is maybe like just kind of like he can be a little bit like selfish at times and like like ah, don't worry about this whatever but he really cares deeply about his friends and his brother and winry and um so yeah definitely definitely al uh alaric um uh i think is somebody i relate to um and he is just kind of I don't know. He, I I love that kid. You know, he's he's so such an interesting flawed character. That show has so many interesting flawed characters. Um, I love it because a lot of I think a problem with a lot of manga and anime is that I'm not a problem, but something that you see happen a lot is some of the characters are a little misogynistic or one dimensional, and you never run into that problem with Full Metal because it's one of the few that is written by a woman. Um, so you know, it's instead of having like these characters like that are like very problematic you have them you know more fully formed and that's not to say that you know there aren't plenty of manga and anime that are written by created by men that are also not amazing with characters that are great um, but i think that is something unique about that show that it is like a action show on the service for boys but it does have it's kind of like animorphs i was a kid when i re- uh, read animorphs and that was an action boy series but written by a woman um and i think that, you know having that opposite perspective does help a lot wow i had no idea about that um i know full Al- full metal alchemist has been recommended to me too now that you yeah. gave me that kind of perspective i think that's gonna be the next one i check out watch uh, brotherhood don't watch the original because uh oh. the original yeah because the original i it's fine what it's a whole thing but they completed the original before they finished the manga so like the second half is just basically fan fiction and brotherhood stays a lot closer to the original plot and the themes that were so so powerful in the manga so definitely watch brotherhood okay i will do that but i just had to make sure everybody knew which one to watch (laughs) i'm sure a lot of fans would uh, agree with you there Uh, My second to last question is what would you like to ask the next guest that comes on to 34 questions? All right. Um, I would like them. I would like to ask them what movie have you seen the most? Not what's your favorite, but what's one you always come back to and why? Got you seen the most. You know, I, I had this thing um, at a certain, certain point for some reason I had thought to myself, if I watched the movie one time, I never need to watch it again. Uh, and I, I really, as I got older and I watched older movies that I've seen before, I was like, damn, you know, I was totally wrong about that. Cause you know, even growing up in life, you're going to watch the same movie in a whole different light. Right. Uh, at least that's what I got from it. Uh, I will tell you my answer to this. Uh, and I've probably seen mighty ducks D2 a, a, a whole bunch and oh man yeah yeah and cool runnings a whole bunch um those are the two movies in my mind that just stick out like anytime it was on i remember i had the vhs for d2 Mm. and i don't know like bringing together a team and you know 
hip young teenagers when i was a little kid that just kind of spoke to me um yeah yeah <laughs> so that, that so do you like the winter olympics a lot do i like the winter olympics because no. you got hockey and bobsledding right there so i was like <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> Uh, no, uh, unfortunately, I am not a huge fan of the Olympics. I don't know why. I, as a sports fan, like you know, I guess I sh- I appreciate the Olympics, but mm. I think it's uh, like an overload of sports for me, just because it's like happens in two weeks and every yeah. hour is this thing, and I I, I can't do it. You know, I, I like <laughs> I like to watch at night or watch it on Sundays for football, but yeah, yeah. I I respect the Olympics, but I I just can't watch everything. Um, but yeah, you're right. And the thing is, I'm not even that big of a hockey fan now that I'm older either. Like, for some reason, the D2 Mighty Ducks part was like my hockey fandom. And uh, I live in the Bay Area, it, but I'm I am a Ducks fan. You know, sorry Sharks. Hell I'm sorry. yeah, man. But uh, yeah, me too. I live I live like 10 minutes away from the the Honda Center. So oh, for real, for sure, for yeah. sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I lived in Long Beach for for school for like five years. So okay, nice. Uh, yeah, I, I got to feel closer to to the Ducks when I was down there. Um, nice. But for sure, for sure, <laughs> that, that awesome. doesn't make me think about it. I'm like I had I admitted that on air, and I don't have any Sharks gear, but I have a Ducks hat. So. Uh, no, you're on the right side, man. You're on the right <laughs> side. You're good. For sure. For sure. Uh, all right, man. My last question for you, the question that ties everything together. 100, 200, 300 years from now, your descendants are watching this video. What would you like to tell them? Uh, well, first of all, I'm like, how do you guys exist? Because I'm not, I'm not planning on having any kids. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> if we jump over that hurdle, uh, I'm just going to tell them that um, uh, I just... I hope you guys keep keep the family name good. Keep the McDuff name cool. Don't go out and do anything awful, you know, uh, and advance the world. Uh, keep advancing. Hopefully, you know, you're not all dead from global warming uh, and the world's <laughs> just falling apart. Uh, just do whatever you can to make the world a better place. For sure, man. Now, now they know. Now they know. Uh, any last things you'd like to add before we head out of here? Uh, just, yeah, that... um. You know, I'd say it's the same thing to everybody else, you know, uh, just be good. You know, uh, it's like the end of Boy Meets World when he says, uh, he says, do do well. And he's like, or he said, do good. And they don't like, Feeney, don't you mean do do well? And he's like, no, no, do good. Uh, so I would just say that to everybody. And then on a more personal, selfish note, I would say, uh, listen to my podcast, Underrated. Uh, check it out. Uh, look us up. Uh, we're on all the podcasts and apps. Uh, however you're listening to this, you know, check it out there. Uh, and uh, look us up under Cast Company. Yeah, that's about it, I guess. For sure, man. For sure. And yes, I, I, I clearly remember that scene of Mr. Feeney saying, uh, do good. Um, he was all our teachers, right? He was the teacher right. for a generation. Um, and yeah, be sure to check out the Underrated Podcast with Derek McDuff. I uh, appreciate your time, Derek. Uh, and for the folks out there, if you are watching on YouTube, listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're checking this out, definitely appreciate your time as well. Uh, remember to reach out, reach forward. As always, much love, and we'll catch you guys next time on 34 Questions. Peace. Uh, it fades out from there, man. <laughs> All right. That was awesome. That was great.